Turn with me, please, this morning in the Scriptures to Isaiah, the first chapter, Isaiah 1. We've been on this now for some weeks, and I didn't believe we're, we're quite done. The Lord's already talking to me about some things that come after this, and it'll be good. But we want to finish what we're into before we do anything else. Um, Isaiah, the first chapter, and verse 2. Isaiah 1 and 2. It said, Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished... And brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. You know, uh, also in Isaiah it says, all we like sheep have gone our own way. I've nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people does not consider. They Another translation says they don't understand. They don't understand what? Well, the ox knows who his owner is. The donkey knows his master's crib, who's feeding him. But God's people, he said they had rebelled against him. They're not acknowledging who their God, their creator, their source, their provider, their protector is. The source of all of the pain on planet earth is this. The rebellion, the defiance, the disobedience of man. Hmm? It began in the garden. Right? Uh, well, read this and then I'll, I'll, I'll pick back up on that. Verse 19 in this same chapter, he said, if you be willing and obedient, what will happen? It will be hard for you. You will struggle, struggle, struggle. Because if you decide to, to obey God, I mean really obey God, all hell's going to be released against you. And it's going to be a tough, rough life. Why am I saying that? A lot of folks believe that. They believe the more, you know, oh, you're going to fully commit to serve God? Oh, boy. Look out. But that's not what the Bible teaches. That the more committed you are to serve God, the harder and rougher your life is going to be. And the less you're going to have. That's contrary to scriptures. Scripture says the way of the transgressor is hard. And when a man's ways please the Lord, everybody's against him. No? No, the Lord makes. That's a strong word. Makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Why? Because his ways please the Lord. 
not to say you're going to sail through life and never have any temptations and challenges. If you're fully committed to serving God, you will be tempted. You will have challenges. You're, you're on planet earth. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We've been talking about on Friday nights. God's on your side. He's with you. And if he's for you, who can successfully be against you? Now, the reason this is such an issue, and it is a big issue, is the enemy does not want you to put serving God together with being prosperous. That is the last thing he wants you to do. Because that has been strong motivation for millions to stay away from God. Because they believe, I had a young man sit across from my desk some years ago, and he, he was convinced, he was called into the ministry. He's supposed to be in the ministry, supposed to be a preacher. But he looked, at me, looked up at me through, through his tears and he said, I just refuse to live that way. I said, what way? Well, he grew up in a pastor's house and they were broke and everything was a sin. Hmm? If it was fun, it was probably a sin. And just just never could have what you wanted, didn't have what you have what you needed. Just poverty, poverty, poverty. And and he he heard and, and was preached to that that's what it means to serve God. And he said, I, I I refuse to live that way. Well, now that's a problem. You ought to be willing to make whatever sacrifices. To follow and serve God. And yet. The devil had convinced him of lies. Because the best life on earth. Is serving God. That includes material and financially. I mean. There's a lot more to a good life. Than having a lot of money. Now you need some. But you could have. Hundreds of millions. You could be a billionaire. But if you don't know God, you don't have peace and joy in your heart. You don't have good relationships with family and friends. You're miserable. Because money can't buy that. Money can't give you that. You can't even enjoy a new car like it ought to be enjoyed without knowing the Lord. You can't. Hmm? You can't. You can't enjoy any nice thing, a house or whatever. But no, if you be willing and obedient, if you really have a right heart to obey God and go all the way with him, if you'll follow through and just do what he told you to do, it's going to go well with you. Ephesians says you're going to live long on the earth. And you're going to eat the good of the land. Other translations say you'll eat the best from the land. Another one said, you'll get the good things from the land. Another one said, I'll make you rich. Is that Bible or not? The good thing. What's the good things? Well, designer labels. Oh, ladies, you missed a spot right there. Wow. Thought for sure I'd get. What's the good, good of the land? 
You got the, you got the cheap. You got the average. You got the good stuff. Right? Who's the good stuff for? Unbelievers. Huh? People that don't, don't care about God, not even trying to live right. The good stuff. The nice stuff. Who's that for? <laughs> Who's it for? Well, okay, if <laughs> you're willing and obedient. It goes on to say, if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with a sword. For the mouth of the Lord is spoken. There's a play on the word devour there. It has to do with if you are willing and obedient, you will consume the best the land has. If you're rebellious and disobedient, you will be consumed. That's, that's the emphasis. Well, uh, the New Testament talks about being consumed. First Peter talks about, we have an adversary, the devil. He goes about as a roaring lion, seeking what? Whom he may devour. That word is the same word as consume or literally swallow up, whole. We studied earlier in this series about when Korah, Dathan, and Abiram defied God and rebelled against him and, and Moses and Aaron. They got swallowed up. So what, when the Bible says the, the devil goes about seeking whom he may devour, who can he devour and whom may he not? Well, it's not enough to just say, well, I, you know, not me or I don't think me. Uh, why? What's, what's going to be the difference? Well, if you back up to the passage, he started off by talking about submission and humility. And then he gets into this, resisting the devil and whom he may devour. The enemy knows that if he can get you to do what he did, you will be judged and you can be consumed. What did he do? He rebelled against God. He rebelled. He defied. He was disobedient. And if he can get you to do that, then and, and not judge yourself then you'll be judged and you can be consumed. But Jesus said, come and learn of me. I am what? Meek and lowly of heart. You can't be stubborn and hard-headed and be like Jesus. You can't be defiant and won't listen and be like Jesus. Jesus was completely submitted to the Father's will. He said, I didn't come down from heaven to do my own will, but to do the will of him that sent me. I do always think those things that please him. That's right. He said, learn, learn about me. Well, well, how are you, Lord? I'm humble. Now, many, they don't even appreciate that, that quality. They think being stubborn and difficult is equivalent to being strong. Yeah. Ain't nobody's doormat. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm my own man. Self-made man. If you are, you ain't much. And if you're your own man, you ain't God's man. Can't be. 
Jesus was not that way. Do you want to be like him? Or like the enemy that said, I don't have to be under God. I can be God myself. I will exalt my throne. He had initiative. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) He had aspirations of greatness. (laughs) For himself. I will be like the most high. I. And God. what's What's he doing? He's trying to use what he learned in the presence of God. About believing and saying. Against God. I will, I will, and I will be, and I will do. And he's he's trying to release his faith. And he convinced a bunch of the angels to go with him. He is a slick talker. I've often wondered, how did he do that? These angels that have been around the presence of God, how did he convince them? But he did, not all of them. You know how you can keep the devil from ever convincing you of something like that? Don't listen. (laughs) Don't listen. If you listen, it's dangerous. It's dangerous because do not, do not underestimate how tricky he is. How intelligent. How crafty. He's been fooling human beings for millennia. So that was Eve's problem. She thought she could listen and just think about it. And not, you. when he starts talking, you need to go, na, 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 na. <laughs> you need to change the channel. Yes. Do not try to reason with him. Amen. He will tie you up and trick you. Yes. He will deceive you. You ain't been alive long enough. That's right. Amen. That's true. Three lifetimes wouldn't be enough no. to get smart enough to try to match wits with him. But, if, if, he, if he can get you over in the realm, realm of, of reasoning, he'll trick you. But if you'll just hold him over in the realm of faith, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and not lean to your own understanding, he can't do anything with you. He'll say, but what about, and you'll say, it is written. Yeah, but what about that? It's still written. Yeah, and what if, and what if that don't, and what about what happened to them, and and what about, and you go, it is written. Isn't that how Jesus dealt with him? He wouldn't reason with him. He wouldn't mess with him. He kept him in the realm of faith. And finally, the enemy had to leave him, the Bible said, for a season. He ran out of tricks on Jesus. Because what he did worked on everybody else up until Jesus, but didn't work on him. Sit out loud if I'm willing and I'm obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. Well, what if you're not eating the good of the land? Well, that would be a place to check, right? <laughs> Am I really willing and obedient? Go with me to Hebrews 6, chapter, please. Hebrews 6. Boy, this time sure seems to skip by when we're in here together. At least for me it does. <laughs> uh, Hebrews, Acts 
actually, I'll tell you what, let, let's go to chapter 11. 11, 6, they put it on the screen for us, and, and then we'll back up to 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must. Now, this is not optional. If you're going to come to God, you have to do these two things. Must. You must believe these two things. Number one, what must you believe? Well, you're not going to pray or come to or worship or praise or believe a God you don't believe exists. You must believe He is. What does that mean? That means He exists, He is real, and He is God. He's God. If He's God, if He's the creator of the heavens and the earth, then nothing's impossible to Him. And anything you'd ever need, He has and is hmm? and can do. He's the answer to every question, solution to every problem, right? The meeting of every need. Anybody believe that he is? He is and he's God. He's almighty, all-knowing. But you must not stop there. Many have stopped there. Many church-going people, that's as far as they go. And, somebody say and. And And you must believe what? That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's saying the same thing we just read in Isaiah. If you're willing and obedient, you are diligently seeking him. Can you see that? You want to know what his will, you want to know what he wants you to do, his plan for his life, and you're not just wanting to know it, you're obedient. (coughs) You're following through, you are doing it. You are seeking him and following him. What's the result? He will reward you. He will reward you. Part of that reward is eating the good of the land. Down here. Somebody said out loud, when I seek him, when I follow him, he rewards me. Now, now this is something we, we hadn't thought enough about, hadn't talked enough about. Jesus talked about reward a lot. The Spirit of God through Paul in the epistles talks about reward a lot. And many Christians act like they're afraid to talk about it. Oh, I don't, you know, man, if I can just make it through the pearly gates, if they'll just let me in. <laughs> I don't care about all that, you know, it's whatever the Lord thinks. Oh, you say that now. Yeah. But when you get there and see what I'm getting. Yeah. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> I'm joking with you. You're getting, you're getting. Hmm? One of the last things that you see in the Bible, in the last chapter, last few verses of Revelation, he said, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Are we supposed to ignore that and go, oh, okay. No. It's like a, it's like a daddy or a mama saying, I'm going to be home in about two hours. 
And I got some fresh foot-long chili dogs. (laughs) If you're a little kid, what are you going to say? Yay, yay, yay. You're happy because mom's coming home. But you're just as happy right now about them chili dogs. Why would the Lord tell us this? I'm coming. Now a lot of people, all they do, bless their hearts. A lot of folks, all they see is judgment. No matter where they read the Bible, it's like, you're going to reap what you sow. (laughs) What if you sowed something real good? That's right. Why does it all have to be negative? Your day is coming. Woo! Why couldn't that be? Why couldn't that be great? I got some good seed in the ground. I've obeyed God. My day is coming. The day of promotion. Didn't he say? Don't be weary in well doing. Because in due season. You shall. Reap. If you faint not, he's talking about reward. A reward is something good. A reward is something good. Yeah, if you you disobey God, if you rebel against God, if all you sow is bad, nasty stuff and are mean to people, well, you want to get saved. And you want to repent and, and, and not reap all that. So there is a way not to reap what you sowed. Bad stuff. What? Receive Jesus. He reaped what we sowed. But now if you don't receive what he did for you, you're going to reap it. Bad deal. But if you do something good and you follow him, reward. Reward is yours and mine in this life and especially in the next. The Lord said, Behold, I'm coming quickly and I got my reward with me to render to everyone according to what they've done. I got, I got your reward right here with me. If he thinks it's a big deal, we should be over the moon about it. Shouldn't we? Say it out loud. He's coming. He's coming. He's bringing our reward. <laughs> now you, you never got anything so exciting as his reward. <laughs> never got any exciting, anything more exciting or as exciting as that. My, my, my. We really have hardly any idea. What's ahead of us? But if we'll follow him, we're about to find ourselves out. (laughs) You know what he's doing right now? Working on your place. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. He said, if it wasn't so, I would have told you. What does that mean? It's so. 
I'm going to go get it ready. That's what prepare means. And I'm going to take you to myself. Somebody say, I have a place over there. My good stuff is over there. It can help you to not be so upset about little stuff down here. Because everything down here, everything down here is fading away. Everything is rusting and rotting. I mean, from the time you get it, it's headed that way. Everything down here is like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it. (laughs) And for too long, it's going to be past its date. But uh, his reward is amazing and wonderful. I know a fellow that, that died and they, got, they brought him back to life, a strong believer. He shared about what he saw. He said he saw his place. And he said it was amazing. He said, now you know, we, have, we got this idea of in my father's house are many mansions. That's a King James word. It really, the word there is abodes, abodes, which means a place. We get the English word that's connected to it is the word manor, which is a landed estate. (laughs) Not just little cookie cutter white houses with columns in front right beside each other. That's just somebody's idea. He said, he said, man, I had real estate. He said, there's this beautiful valley. There was a lake in the back. There was a mountain over here. (laughs) He said, and I'm standing there and the master is there. He said, I'm standing there just in awe. And he said, the master said this. He said, I know what each of my children like. And I custom build their abodes for them. Is that Bible or not? What did he say? I go to prepare. He liked a lake. He liked a mountain too. Well, with the Lord, you can have them in the same spot, I guess. You're not constrained like you are down here. By it. So I, how's it going to be? I don't know. But do you believe it's going to be exceeding abundantly above what you asked or thought? It's going to, so when the Lord says, I'm coming. And I got my reward with me. You and I should shout the rest of our life about that. We should go, he's coming, he's coming. And he's got a reward. Whose reward is that? That's ours. Now it's going to vary according to what you did and didn't do. It's going to vary. It's not going to be all the same. I won't have time to go into that right now. But suffice it to say, you want to do the best you know how to do. To obey him. Now the thing to avoid. Uh, you're, in, you're in Hebrews. Let me, let me read this to you. In Genesis 25. You just stay where you are. Genesis 25 31. Is the account. Of. Um, Esau. Selling his birthright to Jacob. Jacob said to him. He said sell me today your birthright. And uh, he had said I'm hungry. Give me some of your food. 
And he said, well, it's going to cost you. <laughs> Jacob wasn't so nice part of the time. And he, and he reaped it too. You remember he, uh, he put on the goat skins and went in and tricked his dad. And his dad thought it was Esau in there. But no, it was Jacob. Guess what? A few years later, on his wedding night, he thought it was Rachel in there. And no, it wasn't. It was Leah. He's reaping what he sowed. Can you see this? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but uh, the, where this really started is right here. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Did Esau have to do it? No, ain't nobody's making him do this. Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. Don't you think that's an exaggeration? He's right there at the house. <laughs> if he, come on, if, if baby brother's got food, you telling me mama don't have some food? I don't know where you grew up, but down south, you ain't going to starve at mama's house. There ain't no chance anybody's starving at mama's house. <clears throat> Esau said, behold, I'm at the point to die. Listen to this. What profit shall this birthright do to me? This was his big sin, despising the reward, despising the blessing, despising the birthright. What, what profit, what good is this birthright going to do me? Did you hear this language? Now, if you're going to come to God, what must you believe? You must believe he is and Reward is something good. So then if you believed he's a rewarder, you couldn't believe this. When you couldn't say what good is it going to do me, you'd say it's going to be all kind of good. You would believe in him being faithful to reward. Uh, Job 21, don't turn there, but Job 21, 14 and 15, he's, he's quoting what the wicked say. He said, the wicked say to God, depart from us. Job 21, 14. We desire not the knowledge of your ways. We don't want to know about you. And the wicked say, what is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit should we have if we pray to him? Now, see, you, you, can, you can keep coming back. What good does it do to pray to God? And if you keep believing, is there a God? Why pray if there's no God? And if he is, he might do something for you. He might not. We don't know if he's a rewarder or not. Why pray? That's not believing he is or not believing he's a rewarder. Can you see those two things? And you can't come to him like that. In Malachi, Malachi, listen to this carefully. Don't turn there, but 2.17. 2.17, he said, you have wearied the Lord with your words. Now, that's a strong thing to say. The Lord, what you're saying is wearing him. And they say, Where, when have we wearied him? When you say everyone that does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, he delights in them. Or where is the God of judgment? Can you see just another way of saying the same thing? What good does it do? What does it matter? Have you ever heard that kind of thing? Anybody say that kind of thing? Malachi 3 
And and uh, 9, 10, 11, he's talking about tithing. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse and uh, prove me therewith. If I won't open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. There's not enough room to receive. And he said, now I'll rebuke the devourer, verse 11, for your sakes. He'll not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. All nations will call you blessed, for you'll be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Is, is this another way of saying, you obey God, you put him first, you tithe, you give, God's going to bless you. Yes. He's going to take care of you. Yes. He's going to provide for you. Yes. Not just a little bit, it's going to be so much you're going to run out of room. Yes. And he's going to rebuke the devourer. Have you heard that word before? Yes. If you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured. Yes. The enemy is going about seeking whom he may devour. But you're obeying God. You're pleasing him. So the devourer can't devour you. God rebukes the devourer for your sake. And all nations will call you blessed. I mean, when people see you, they ought to tell their friends, even unbelievers, and say, you want to see somebody blessed, I'll show you. Look at them. That's why I tell you all the time, we're so blessed. The blessed people call us blessed. Keep going. Verse 13. That wasn't the end. Your words have been stout against me, says the Lord. Really? A lot of people would say God wouldn't care. He wouldn't even hear it. Well, according to the Bible, he does. And it matters. You say, what? What have we spoken so much against you? Keep going. You have said this. It is vain to serve God. And what profit is it? That we've kept his ordinance and walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. What good did it do? This is a slippery dark path. This is how you wind up on the street. Living in a cardboard box. With no hope. Or taking your own life. Hmm? There are folks that are in the gutter today. Some folks need an opportunity and they could make a change. But a lot of folks not so. They had opportunity. They've had multiple. So what's the problem? They didn't follow God and you, you begin to be deceived into thinking, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Then this goes wrong. Then that goes wrong. And the other goes wrong. It seems to confirm what you believe. But you're not realizing, is this happening? Am I believing this because it's happening? Yeah. Or is it happening because I'm believing it? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, is it, uh, am I sad because it's bad? Or is it bad because I'm sad? Y'all listening? This is where people miss it. They don't see the connection. And get up and go to work. Got a good job. Makes good money. 
Well, why? I'm divorced now. Three times. My ex-wives get uh, half everything I made. Government gets the other half. Why? Why do this? Why work for them? I'll just quit. Hmm? Go from one place to another place to another place. Why? What good does it do? Is a verse right out of hell. What difference does it make? Is right out of hell. Hmm? Is an utterly faithless phrase. What good does it do? What difference does it make? Hmm? I don't think it's making a difference if I pray or not. So what difference does it make? Next thing the enemy will begin to work on. You don't believe he's a rewarder anymore. So the next thing he'll start working on is, is, is even real. Hmm? Why go to church? Hadn't helped you any. Hey, are you alive? Are you breathing? Do you exist? Wake up. Wake up. There is a God. And he's a good God. Oh, somebody say he's a good God. He's a good God. He's not your problem. He's not the one that's been hurting you and stealing from you and destroying in your life. That's between you and the devil. And maybe some mean people too, but none of it's God. None of it's Him. If you'll look up from despair and believe the truth, the truth will make you free. And the truth is, He's real. I said He's real. He knows you. He knows your name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the end from the beginning about you. And He cares about you. That's the truth. You got to believe though that he does. And you got to believe he's real enough to talk to him. You got to believe he's real enough to believe he hears you. And you've got to believe he's a rewarder. That if I serve him, he's going to bless me. If I give to him, he's giving back to me. If I obey him, he's going to prosper my way and cause me to come up and cause me to come out. And I will eat the good of the land. And I'll ride on the high places of the earth. And I will be blessed when I go out. And blessed when I come back in. And blessed in my basket in my store. And everything I set my hand to. What good does it do? Wow. What good does it do? Is anybody with me? Those phrases are are right out of the pit of hell and they will destroy your life if you let them. Here's the truth. You haven't experienced a fraction of what you could or should have experienced for your mess ups and mistakes. And any bad stuff that you've gone through hadn't been God's fault. Hmm? Not being willing, not being obedient, not caring, 
That's how you get devoured. That's how you get consumed, and the world is full of that. The truth is, God was looking out for you when you didn't even care. He had people praying for you, having mercy on you, because he knew. He knew one day you'd wake up. He knew one day you'd come to your senses and look up and go, I saw it. And want to know him. And want to follow him. So he went ahead and made provision for you. And included you in the plan. Even when you were wallowing around. Flipping around in the mud. He knew. He knew your heart. He knew you. Oh somebody say he knows me. He knows me. He knows me. Is he a good God or not? Is he just or fair or not? You're there in Hebrews. Look with me. In closing, I think. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Go to go to the 11th chapter. Man, all this is good. Thanks be to God. In the 11th chapter, 24th verse. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, which is like refusing to be the heir of a billionaire or more. In these days, the Pharaoh's family were it in the earth. They'd probably be beyond being a billionaire today. Why did, how could he do that? Choosing. Somebody say choosing. choosing. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. How did he do that? What would motivate him to make that kind of choice? Verse 26, esteeming. Esteeming. What was uh, Esau's sin? Despising. Can you see that? Despising. Did he lose reward? Yes, he did. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. How could he do it? He could let stuff go. He could turn loose of it. He could walk away from it. Why? Because he knew where the big reward was. <laughs> it was real to him. I said it was real to him. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Real to him. Back up just a few verses to the 10th chapter and the 35th verse. 10.35. What does it say? Cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has great what? Great what? That's King James talk. What is recompense? Yeah, we, you, you might say payback or pay of reward. Now, this is not pay for performance. This is not how good you've been and what you've done. And you're getting paid back. Mm -mm, mm -mm. 
You can't buy healing. You can't buy salvation. This is because of your faithfulness. God's going to take care of you. Can you say amen? Or? Back on up to the 6th chapter. And the 10th verse. I'm moving too quick. Well, we'll just go back and read that one again then. But not now. 6.10. Hebrews 6.10. Are you there? 6.10. God is not unrighteous. To what? Forget. Your work and labor of love. Which you have showed toward his name. In that you have ministered. To the saints. And do minister. What does that mean? He's not unrighteous. What does that mean? He's not going to forget. That's right. What you did for his. Amen. What does that mean? That's why he's bringing his reward with him. That's why he's working on your place. You talk about somebody who never forgets anything you do for him. It's him. Never. Never. Now, 1 Timothy talks about this. It says, you know, the sins of some men go before them. They come out now. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Others, they come out later. He said, likewise, the good deeds. Some of them come out now, and those that don't cannot be hid. You will get acknowledgement and reward for a few things down here now. If you don't get acknowledged for it, shout. Because the Lord's reserving that for later. And that was worth you combing your hair and coming out to church this morning. But see, the enemy will try to tempt you about that. They go, look at you, you've worked so hard and, and you did this. And, and they didn't even try to take credit for it too. And it just ain't right. It ain't right. It's more going on there. He's trying to convince you God's not fair. And that God doesn't remember. And he's not a rewarder. And time tries trust. As time goes on. And you don't see it. But it's a decision friend. I said it's a decision. And what it goes to. Is your very concept. Of the character of God. Do you believe. He's a good God or not. Hmm? Do you believe nobody has ever been more fair than him? Is it right if somebody loves you and serves you all their life to forget what they've done and don't care and it doesn't matter? Is that right? Is that right? That's not right. Is God going to forget you? Never going to happen. <laughs> Is God not going to reward you for obeying him and following him? Cannot happen. He said, if you give a cup of cold water to somebody, because they're mine, in my name, a disciple, there's no way you will lose that reward. Man, if we believe this, we'd be tripping over ourselves with cups of water. Hey, hey, can I, can I tote your bag? Can I help you? Can I do this? This hasn't been as real to us as it should be. He is not unrighteous to 
forget, he will never forget. Never. There's a bunch of stuff you already forgot. He remembers. He remembers what you did in the 70s. Some people go, glory. Some people go, whew. <laughs> if it's under the blood, you're all right. If it's for God, he's never going to forget it. He remembers everything you did in the 80s, 90s. Come on, are you with me? Every, every, everything in our whole life that was done out of love for him, out of an effort to be obedient to him, there is no way. He will ever, ever forget it. Now look at it again. Hebrews 10 and 35. Cast not away your confidence. Confidence in what? See, we read Hebrews 11, 6. That's just a few verses from here. All this flows together. Confidence in what? He's talking about faith already. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. And it just flows into chapter 11, the great faith chapter. Confidence in what? In your God. How real he is. How big he is. And how much of a rewarder he is. Cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. There's a great payment of reward. Verse 36. 36. For you have need of what? Patience. Patience, That after you've done the will of God. You might receive. The promise. Oh somebody say glory to God. God. Phyllis and I can testify. Two little country bumpkins. (laughs) That. By the grace of God was able to make a commitment. To follow him. It it looked like it cost you everything you had, which wasn't much. (laughs) Again and again, I look at different parts of our life and what God has done for you, and you look back at what you hesitated to turn loose of, and you thought, oh my, if I'd have held on to that and forfeited this, what a fool I would have been. But we left our little mobile home and our uh, hot rods and our little stuff we had and went out by faith to Oklahoma. Might as well have been the other side of the world for us. And one thing led to another, led to another and all along the way the Lord has added to us things that we needed, things that we wanted, just nice things. Nobody can tell me he's not a good God. He's not a rewarder. Now, at at another juncture, he'll ask you to leave it all behind, or sow it all, or invest it, and do it again. That's right. And we've we've been there more than once. I know when we uh, we left Oklahoma, we had built, we we came from nothing and built up over twenty some years and had a nice house and had some stuff and 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 the Lord dealt with us. Leave it, uh, liquidate it, sow it into this, and you know you're. I'm one day you've heard me say this. I was shaving. I was thinking, are we really going to do this? Branson? Are we really going to do this? And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, son, do you believe I'm able to do for you better than this? 
what you're walking away from. I want you to treat these phrases like cuss words. What good does it do? Treat them like cuss words. What difference does it make? What does it matter anyway? Is anybody out there? Quit acting like a fool. Quit acting like a fool. And take a deep breath and be thankful. Ah, thank you, Lord. Still got days. Still got life. Still got an opportunity to do something to be rewarded for. Still got an opportunity. Glory to God. Not long after we got here, the Lord said to me, after we had made the commitment, after we had sold everything and invested everything, he said, I'm going to give you the best of Branson. Is that scriptural or not? We left our house. We sold everything we had. We lived in a little small rent house. We got by what we needed to. He gave us a house now overlooking the lake. Big, nice house. We didn't even have a decent airport here. They built us an airport. They built us an airport. Almost unheard of. It was built with private money. Just almost unheard of. It's nice. And then the Lord gave us a jet to put on it. And we sowed that. He gave us a nicer one. And we sowed that. And he gave us one that can travel the world. What good does it do? What good does it do? The devil's a liar. He's a liar, a deceiver, and a defeated foe. And I don't have to listen to him. Neither do you. I believe in my God. In life, with my last breath, nobody can make me say he's not real and he's not good. He is faithful. Somebody say, I call him faithful. He is faithful. Will he take care of you? Come on, somebody here beside me knows that. Huh? If you look to him and believe it, will he take care of you? Will he take care of your babies? Will he take care of your bills? Will he take care of your body? Will he take care of you? (laughs) I can say it in a phrase. It pays to serve him. (laughs) Stand on your feet, everybody. I preach myself happy. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Just close your eyes, lift up your hands. Tell him you believe it pays. It pays to serve God. It pays to follow Him. It pays great, great reward. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we worship You. We give You glory. We give You thanks. We worship You, oh God. We worship You. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you.
thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. God is a good God. Yes, He is. Let's let's sing that. Hallelujah. God is a good God. 